The following is a Podbeard production. From the deepest bowels of your imagination. Actually, he's from Canada there, bud. From the famed Hotter Show Studios, this is The Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We are rolling audio here today on episode 151 of The Hotter Show. I hope you're doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button on today's episode of the podcast. I have a wicked chat with my man, Mr. Martin Perez, from a dog named Bob Backthrow and Stranded Fest. Uh, a lot, dude who does a lot of stuff, wears a lot of hats. He's a very busy cat, but we were able to get hook up over Skype and do this little chat. So I really had a lot of fun chatting with him. Martin's a great guy. He's been a uh, big supporter of this show as well as just genuinely a good dude. So definitely had a lot of fun chatting with him. I want to thank everybody for all their support on the show, as well as on the 150th episode live cast that happened last week. If you guys have not heard it, definitely go ahead and check it out on the YouTube if you want to see the video. If video is not your thing, definitely go ahead and check it out on any of the areas you can find the harder show, whether it's on SoundCloud, iTunes, um, CastBox, Stitcher, Podknife. Also, you can go on our brand new network website on podbeardnetwork.com that's podbeardnetwork.com go ahead and give that a bookmark you know go ahead and subscribe to us on any of the other channels however you listen to this podcast definitely appreciate it go ahead and check it out let me know what you guys thought of the live cast if you would like to see more live cast in the future pretty much everyone always has the same consensus of live cast they always want more <laughs> you know they're always so much fun and I know that it was on Super Bowl Sunday, and people were like, man, like, why'd you have to make it that day? But um, I still did have a nice turnout, so I was very happy about that. So thank you guys very much again. If you have not checked out the brand new network website, definitely do so. Uh, I implore you to do so, <laughs> because there's a lot of great content on there. Aside from, obviously, this show you are currently listening to, we also have Two Guys in the Game, which is a podcast I co-host with my man, Mr. Casador Jones, a gaming podcast every Tuesday. We also have uh, Radio A, which is the producer, Mr. Brandon Bowden's show about radio, all things radio and podcasting and that kind of a thing. Um, you can find that usually every Monday. Hopefully, he'll kind of get back to a weekly schedule here. He's been pretty busy. Um, we also have Mics and Beers, which is coming up very soon. Like, like I'm thinking like hopefully this weekend, but I'll announce that once I launch it, um, did they go ahead and check that out and keep up with that? Uh, we also have a few shows in our network as well. We of course have the honestly lazy show, which is kind of a video podcast. Um, they also have an audio version as well. The honestly lazy show with your boys stick and Craig, they those guys have a lot of fun stuff. They go ahead and check them out. Uh, we also have two gamers. In our midst, of course, we have on taking over the YouTube Minecraft world in a survival playthrough is uh, Mr. Prog Rocker. Uh, he's a great friend of mine, and he also has some amazing content. He's on YouTube stuff. Go ahead and check him out, Prog Rocker. And, of course, Mr. Dark Runner with Dark Runner Gaming. He does some Twitch streaming, and he also has some clips on YouTube as well. So definitely go ahead and check them out. All of the shows, all of the content you want to find is on the website. Every single show has its own page. So you don't have to worry about going on YouTube and trying to find stuff. Go right to the website. Again, that's Pod Beard Network. Beard as in a beard. Pod. And uh, you will find everything on there, on the different pages, podcasts, everything you need. We also, of course, have the sponsors page and a contact us page. Social media is on there. Um, I'm also working on a couple other things for the website. But uh, we will see what happens in the future with Podbeard. But enough about that. We're ready to roll into this podcast with Mr. Martin Fresh from a dog named Bob 
Let's get into it. All right, guys, I'm being joined on the show right now via Skype by Martin Perez, frontman, and like literally everything else for a dog named Bob. He's also the guitarist for Backthrow and is the co-founder for Stranded Fest. Martin, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, TJ? How are you doing today? Good, man. How about yourself? It's a lovely day. I went uh, earlier today. We got a big breakfast with uh, some friends and my girlfriend, and now we're just chilling with TJ on the podcast. Awesome. That <laughs> sounds like a good time. What did you have for breakfast? Wow, we had everything. We had pancakes, uh, waffles, toast, bacon, sausage, eggs. Uh, we ordered a poutine as well, which was really good. There was everything. That was a big breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not joking around. When yeah. you go out for breakfast, you go out for breakfast. Yeah, one of those like heart attack breakfasts, basically. <laughs> Is there any other kind? Yeah, exactly. That's a proper, that's the, the most proper kind of breakfast. If you don't have a little bit of heartache after you're done eating breakfast, you didn't do it right. right. You need, if you can, <laughs> if you can still stand up right after you did it wrong, you need to like, kind of be like, okay, I know I paid the bill, but let me chill for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Let me just hang out for like five or 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> you don't want to call 911. So let me, let me chill. Yeah. <laughs> You don't want to find me outside of your establishment laying face down. Not <laughs> right? so let me just, let's just hang out. I'm going to just hang out for a bit. All right. Okay. I'm good. Now I can leave. <laughs> so where, um, just kind of, I'm, I'm going to kind of go all over the place today with you, but, um, there is some things I did want to ask you about. Um, number one, for those people who aren't aware, where actually are you from? So, well, I am originally from South America, from Venezuela, the capital Caracas, um, and I was born and raised there. And when I was 18 years old, I moved to Toronto, Canada. And now I reside here. And it's been like, what, like six years now since I've been here. And I, I love it. It's pretty fucking cool. And um, yeah, and I just plan to stay here, I guess, for now. <laughs> we could, that's your plan for now, just kind of do the, do the Toronto thing? Do the good old Canadian thing. I mean, the... <laughs> the free healthcare does make it a very uh, appeal, uh, uh, you know, gives a lot of appeal to this uh, lifestyle. Oh, I can, I can only imagine. Like, I mean, obviously, like I've, I've always been a, you know, a Canadian, so I don't know any other way. But uh, <laughs> I can only, I can only imagine what it would be like coming into that and just like, wait, you're telling me I can go to the doctor right now and walk out not having to pay any money. Cool. Yeah, and you're like, what? Okay. Wait, you're telling me that the tap water here is drinkable? Like, I'm not going to get diarrhea? Nice. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Like, just to even think about that, like... Um, it, it's the little as, things, man. It's the little the things, difference. right? Yeah. How was it, like, just kind of, obviously, I'm sure we could probably talk for hours about what it was like growing up there, but just kind of a general consensus. What was it like going literally from... Because you were there for 18 years, so, I mean, that was a good chunk of your life compared to now yeah. your six years being a Canadian living in Toronto. Did you, you, so you guys moved right to Toronto? Uh, well, I first moved. Uh, so my parents came before I did. Um, so I was back home finishing high school and then I moved in with them in actually Mississauga, which is like one of the suburbs outside of Toronto. Like it's still considered the GTA, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but uh, Mississauga sucked. Uh, there's nothing to do there. It's very boring. <laughs> It's just schools and supermarkets. That's all that there is. 
Um, yeah, there's, there's not much going on there. <laughs> yeah, and I've always been a big city guy. Caracas is a huge city, you know, with like millions and millions of people, and there's mm-hmm. always something going on. And so I would always go to Toronto anyway and spend time in Toronto. My friends were in Toronto. I was going to school in Toronto to like college. Um, so then eventually once I got, you know, a nice paying job, I was like, I'm outie. And I just got an apartment downtown Toronto with a friend of mine. And then ever since then, I've been in Toronto. I haven't looked back. Awesome. Yeah. Always being a big city person. That's uh Toronto's definitely for you then. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I guess during the winter, I stay at home a lot because it's too cold. But during the summer, I'm always out there trying to do something. Like it's, uh, you know, you just gotta do stuff. I hate like not doing anything during the summer. It's too warm and nice outside. I just want to spend the whole day outside. Yeah, but when it's, but when it's the winter. Oh, when it's the uh, winter. You gotta stay inside. I'm not leaving the house. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you go to school in that? In in Toronto, what'd you go for? Uh, I went to Humber College. So I went to Humber College for uh, e-business marketing. So I got my degree there, my four years, like my bachelor's. And then um, I started, I went right into digital marketing, like as a career, like as a day job. And that's what I do for a living. I work at a, a digital advertising company, uh, agency, just doing digital marketing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. And then, of course... You know, I originally wanted to school, go to school for music and thank God my dad was like, no, you got to go to something that will actually get you a job. <laughs> and, then, <Yeah. laughs> uh, and then I ended up going for digital marketing because I also always had like a passion for the internet and technology and all those kind of things. And I ended up using some of those skills that I learned from digital marketing, like into, you know, kind of getting into the music industry and being like, okay, you know, let's. Let's apply. Let's kind of mix up the, both worlds. And that's how a lot of the stuff that I've been doing in the music scene be gone, like just from ideas uh, that I just put some of my skills behind off. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, it's it's like ever since I've kind of, we kind of hooked up, um, you've always been very like marketing savvy with everything that you guys do, whether it's Stranded Fest or what you've been doing with a dog named Bob is really cool too. As far as um, just to kind of touch on it with the Instagram and that. Yeah, yeah. There's been, uh, I've been doing like, you know, live streaming stuff with like certain paid advertising and stuff on Instagram that's been kind of fun. Like um, this week I did like this like Instagram puzzle where people could like go through profiles and find clues. And then if you did, then after that, you know, if you did, you could RSVP to an event and now the event is public. But if you sold the Instagram puzzle, you're getting for free. And there's also like a special surprise that you're going to get at the show, which I'm pretty cool. Uh, I'm pretty looking forward to. It's not a piece of merch or anything like that. It's like an actual, like really special thing that I think that the people that got it are going to feel really cool about like being like, oh yeah, I got this and you didn't. <laughs> so it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's always nice to win stuff, right? Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and <laughs> Who's like to win stuff? Yeah. And I don't want to spoil it, but it's one of those things that it'll make you like a center point of the event. And like, It'll be sick. It'll be cool. Well, that's awesome. Well, kind of on that topic, when did you, when did music first become an interest for you? Um, I, I always was a big fan of music, but I guess if, if we're talking about like, um, like, you know, growing up, I would watch like music TV or MTV or HTV, which is like the Hispanic version of MTV back home. And like, I would know like every single artist, every single song. My iPod had like thousands and thousands and thousands of songs in it until like I would max it out. 
And um, I was like a little kind of like music, music head. Uh, and then eventually, you know, one of, I remember back in high school, one of my friends was like, oh, uh, you know, I'm going to start a punk rock band here. Uh, and, you know, I'm looking for members. And I'm like, well, I love music, but I don't know much punk rock and I don't uh, I don't play any instruments. I was like 12 at the time or something like that. And was, so he burned me a CD with a bunch of like Blink-182 songs. <laughs> he says like, nice. here, here, listen to this. And if you like it, you can be our drummer. <laughs> and <I'm, laughs> and I, no drumming experience at all. It's like, you can be the drummer. Okay. And I'm like, all right. I mean, I guess that's how old middle school bands begin, right? Like, Of course. Someone just arbitrarily becomes a drummer. <laughs> Dude, I, I started a, a quote unquote band with two people who didn't know how to play their instruments even remotely right, at all. Right. Hey, my, I, my bass player never picked up a guitar before. At least we were not bass players. So it was all good. Yes. <laughs> well, I think it would have been easier if you were bass players. Right. Especially if you're doing like Blink 182 kind of stuff. You have to only mm-hmm. learn like four notes and you're done. <laughs> so, anyway, so that turns into me getting into drumming lessons and we start a band and. After a couple of years, we actually start to not suck. And then uh, we released some music that actually caught on a little bit over there in Venezuela. Like it was on the radio and stuff. Like it was pretty oh, crazy. Really? Yeah, it was pretty crazy to just like, I remember the day where we were all like at the lead singer's uh, house. And like we knew the song was on rotation, but we didn't know when it was going to come up. And so we were like literally sitting around the stereo, just like listening to the radio <laughs> attentively. <laughs> And then the song finally comes on and we were like yelling like 16 year old girls at a Justin Bieber concert. We we're like, oh my God, that's awesome on the radio. We were freaking out. It was really fun. And uh, That's awesome. I didn't, I didn't know that. What was the, what was the band called now if you want to talk about it? Uh, so you had a, it had a name in Spanish, but I guess I'll translate it. Well, it was like Bajo Presupuesto, but that translates to low budget in English. Low budget, nice. <laughs> it was a very <laughs> pop punk kind of band, low budget, you know. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. So when uh, so you know when time came for me to leave and come to Canada, um, I obviously one of the first things that I wanted to do was start a band. Like I I've always been that kind of person that I have to. Ever since then, I've always been like I need to be working on music. I need to be working on something. And so I got here. I started a band with my friend Zach called Backthrow. And we've been playing a lot. We've been touring. We've put out a lot of like two EPs already in terms of music. And so that, that's that been a lot of fun. And, you know, during, you know, when, when you have a band, sometimes there's downtime because certain members just, you know, they're either focusing with school or work or, you know, and sometimes there's a lot of downtime. And that's how A Dog Named Bot started. Um, there was this specific, I think in 2016, I believe, where like during the summer or the fall, there was just like a lot of downtime with the band. I was like, oh, I'm just going to just make music for fun. Um, and I just recorded a bunch of demos, a bunch of music, a bunch of songs that that ended up being, uh, three of them ended up being the first A Dog Named Bob EP. Um, like the three that I thought like, okay, I can release this. And at the time I just put it out, didn't think about it, just like put it out and I, I didn't even promote it. I like created a Facebook page, but never like really pursued it at all. Um, and it wasn't until last year, until 2017, where I was like, oh, you know, there was more downtime and I started writing more music for the project again. And I was like, you know, let's let's start promoting it. Because if I'm going to put music out, I might as well get some people to listen to it. I'm not going to just put it out and, you know, not not get any ears to it. Like I want to I want people to listen to it. And if there's people who will enjoy it, then that's awesome. 
Well, that was what I thought was interesting was it was after we actually had our chat. Um, I was checking out back though and like just kind of trying to keep up with you guys and what you were doing. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, here's a dog named Bob. And I was like, oh, cool. He just released something. And then I went on Spotify and was like, oh, I think it was Bandcamp. And I, I was like, oh, this is from last year. Yeah, yeah. And then I checked, I yeah. And then I checked it out, and I'm like, "Holy shit! Like this is really good." <laughs> so <laughs> was, thank you. I was like, "How did he not like like I'm telling you like I um I know I've, like I've probably told you three or four times already, but Last Punk Girl like that song was stuck in my head, and it still pretty much is. Anytime I hear like even a second of it, yeah, I like I'm singing it to myself for like a week. Last Punk Girl, love that song. Yeah, um, it's a pretty catchy yeah. hook. It's a pretty catchy hook. It is like it's. It's, it's like, um, it's just one of those songs where you think it's going to go one way, but then it goes another way, but then it's really hooky. Yeah. But then it still has balls. I mean. So it's like. To this day, it's really funny. That's still like my most listened song on, like the song with the most plays on Spotify for me. And I don't like, I promoted it a little bit before, like I started promoting this EP, but I really didn't push. Like there's no music video. There's no like official single release or anything like that but like that one caught on for at least for the people that that were listening to that kind of music exactly because it's it i find with me i was i was late to the whole pop punk game yeah like for it it wasn't really until like two or three years ago when i started actually locally there was a a few really really awesome pop punk bands and it wasn't really until i started listening to some of those bands that i was like oh like i i get it now yeah it's like, it's punk music, but it's like, it's either happy-go-lucky, everyone dance around, or it's like, there's still some pretty intense lyrics, but it's happy music. And I'm like, it's just feel-good music. I get it now. Yeah, it's like catchy, like, hooky. For so long, I just didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's about it's about feeling over technique. There's definitely no technique there, but it's about, you know... Getting that sense of, oh, it's summer, it's out, we're having fun, it's all good, let's get drunk and, you know, and... It's all about that kind of stuff. It's just it's just fun having music. Yeah, exactly. And and for a dog named Bob specifically, like I do believe there's sort of a a dog named Bob is sort of a character. Like it's it's of course I'm the one writing the songs, but I I, I kind of place myself on the on the side of like a character that's very like sarcastic and jaded and kind of like you know loud and obnoxious and and that's kind of like the the point of view of a lot of the lyrics for a dog named bob it's kind of like a guy that you know like a guy that's making fun of the world but at the same time like i make fun of the world cuz i know that i do the same things like that kind of that kind of thing well that's that's cool to hear cuz like i was um even like the name of the first ep thank you for not listening <laughs> yeah, exactly um, and like i when i saw the song name i i didn't even listen to it i just immediately started laughing was uh, the ttc is pretty good if you're an immigrant and I was like, <laughs> yeah. what? Because, <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of like the personality of a dog named Bob. That song came out because, like, I would start complaining about the TTC, and I was like, then I would remember to be like, I remember, like, how bad public transportation is back home in South America where you get stabbed or shit gets stolen or a train never comes. Everything is, like, terrible and overcrowded and, like, a guy might pull a gun on you. And then I'm here complaining because a TTC bus is, like, five minutes late or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, dude, you gotta, you gotta chill. You gotta kind of reel back. Oh, for sure. It definitely puts it in perspective. Exactly. So in the song, and kind of, in the song, the, the, the character, Bob, per se, he's like, 
yelling, saying like, don't you fucking complain about the TTC, your entitled asshole, because it's so much worse elsewhere. But it's also, I'm kind of like singing to myself, right? Being like, yeah, yeah like keeping myself in check. <laughs> Well, that's a cool perspective because a lot of uh, a lot of songwriters I know, like they they always tend to um, not point the finger, but like it's their lyrics are aren't as self reflective in a way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool to hear because I always was curious. Like I'd be like, he's either directing some of these songs at someone or <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> what did the TTC do to this guy? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, is it really that? Like, I mean, I'm like, like again, I'm not a Toronto guy, but I yeah. mean, any pup, any time I jump on the train, I'm always like, oh, this isn't so bad, you know? And yeah, it's but, actually uh, a, it's it's a really fine, efficient transit system, and you know, it has its flaws, <laughs> but it's also what the fourth biggest city in North America. Like, there's gonna yeah. be issues. It's always gonna be overcrowded, no matter what you do. So, you know, it's one of those songs where it's like, okay, reality check. Uh, it's actually pretty good in comparison to most of the world. So. <laughs> oh, for sure. But um, kind of getting back to the the beginning, what was, do you remember like the first music you ever heard? Oh, whew. I mean, probably like some stuff like from back home, like some, I remember my parents, they would listen to like Hispanic music. Like I remember stuff like, I don't know if you know, like, Gilberto Santa Rosa or like Celia Cruz and stuff like that. I don't know if those names even ring a bell for you, but uh, it's the, like very. The last one did. I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like. I'm not going to try and pronounce them because I can't roll my R's. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But stuff like that. And my parents would listen to like very traditional Caribbean mm -hmm. Hispanic music. Uh, so that's kind of like, of course, while I was growing up, the stuff that I would listen to. Um, like my my mom was a big fan of like Mark Anthony and stuff like that too. <laughs> that's like later oh, awesome. on. Um, but like that music was alright. It never really stuck with me. Um, it wasn't until like I started listening to like um, I don't know music that that was a little bit more out of. It was like for for you guys, you know, for a Canadian person, it might sound like mainstream. But back home, it wasn't that mainstream because it wasn't like Hispanic music, right? So like English artists or, you know, artists from the U.S., from North America, from Canada, from Europe, that I was like, oh, these artists are pretty cool. And then, you know, went down that rabbit hole. Oh, for sure. And then you, you I was going to say, when did you kind of discover punk? But you did already uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of touch on that with the uh, Blink-182. Yeah, it started CD. with that. And then I was like, you know, I got obsessed over those guys. And then I started checking out, you know, okay, what, but what punk bands did these guys listen to when they were growing up? And so that got me into like The Descendants, No Effects, Rancid, and like I completely, and then like I just dove like right head into like the whole genre and then, you know, eventually you get into like the very proto-punk stuff. Like I'm a huge, huge Ramones head, like fanboy. And uh, you, you have like Iggy and the Stoogs and Blonde, like early Blondie and all this kind of stuff that I was like, oh my God, and the Sets Pistols. And then I kind of worked my way all the way to the past. And uh, yeah, and it, it was just fun. Like it's, it's cool music. The message has always been nice. And it's just like... Like, I keep referring back to the Ramones a lot because um, it's crazy how the Ramones, they kind of invented cool. And that's that's the way I see it. They invented the, 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 the fact of being cool. They literally just wore shirts, like white shirts and leather jackets. And that shit is still cool. You can still dress up like that nowadays and you look cool. And those guys were doing that you in the like 70s. Yeah, those guys were looking in the, doing that in the 70s. And 
and that's still cool. It hasn't aged, right? Like I always thought that was super awesome. Like that they were so timeless and so fun. Oh yeah, though they're one of those bands that even to this day, as much as unfortunately they've almost become a bit of a clothing brand uh, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's cool when <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, when I would see like with my old job, I would see kids would come into the store and like wearing a Ramon shirt, and I kind of be like, oh, a kid in a Ramon shirt, you know. But then like they'd be like, hey, I want to play guitar like you know like they do. How do I do that? How do I do this? And I'm just like, oh. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Or I'd hear a kid pick. I'd hear a kid pick up a guitar and actually play a Ramon song. Yeah, even if it's Blitz you know? Rip Bob, like you can't be like a, a like mm-hmm. a general purist, as I say. You can be like, hey, this kid only knows Blitz Rip Bob. Okay, but that means you can still get them into. Oh, do you like that song? Here's like Ramon's Mania, which is like their greatest hits exactly. compilation. Like, go through this, learn all the songs. Like, you know, like it's it's the excitement of being able to introduce someone into something, uh, or like introduce them to something you like, right? And it's like. And it's cool. And, you know, there's, you know, I believe that um, I have very controversial opinions about punk and all that kind of stuff. And there's certainly reasons why the genre is basically dead at this point. But still seeing some kids pick up guitars, that's cool. I think that's still pretty cool. But yeah, it's, it's, the Ramones were definitely a huge inspiration for me for, for this project in particular too. Like the songs are simple. Like the songs are not, if I'm overdoing it, if I feel like the song is getting too complicated, I'm like, no, revert back, like, simple keep it simple stupid you know like easy and fun yeah. and don't think about Four it too chords. much yeah i don't want to like this the, the my my writing process for a dog named mob is very off the cuff i don't want to overthink it too much i'm not making arrangements here i'm just writing songs that are fun and that are cool to listen to you know oh, for sure and that's something that i find a lot of people tend to forget sometimes when they're when they're writing music, especially in like punk music, like it's just, it's supposed to be brash and fun and you're supposed to play like three or four chords. And it's just like, you don't need to overthink it. Yeah, exactly. I, I and you know, a good analogy is kind of like, you know, the, the, how the Ramones were only, you know, back to that, just jeans, white shirt and leather jacket. And that was cool. And that's to this day, that's still cool. Same with the music. You can still be like driving beat, four chords, catchy hook, that will always be cool, right? Like that doesn't age. So why why overdo it? Yeah, you don't need to worry about like, you know, different arrangements. And oh, we're going to put a piano piece in here. It's like, what are you doing? It's, Stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, do you have a piano player in the band? No, then don't fucking put piano on your music. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I do that. I do that with other bands, right? But, but for this specific project, I, I just wanted to keep it like simple, tight. And it's just me, right? It's, so it's, uh, uh, like, I just wanted to keep it simple. And fun. Oh, for sure. Well, that's that's what I think you have to do, and that's to me. Even though I'm not really a huge punk guy, I was a grunge guy in high school, so I I respect punk. Mm-hmm. You know, but I went the more metal route than I did punk. But um, there's so many similarities between the two genres. <clears throat> even though you know, some people would say, "Oh, well, if you're a metal guy, you can't like punk. That's not acceptable." Oh, that's you know, stupid. That's stupid. And shit like that. Yeah, that's always been the most stupid thing ever. Like, oh, I'm a metal guy. Punk. That means that I hate punk and punk sucks. It's like, well, I mean, do you only drink milk and don't drink orange juice because you drink milk? That's like such a fucking stupid thing. It's so stupid. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm an I'm an orange guy. I can't drink any other kind of juices. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, sorry, man. I can't. Sorry, orange juice. I'd love to have some of you, but uh, you know, I'm a milk purist. <laughs> I'm a vegan. <laughs> sorry, so, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. It's yeah, it's just stupid. Um, but it's it's cool to kind of hear your point of view on that because I find a lot of people 
tend to forget as far as going back into the roots of some of their bands and some of the music. You know, I'll I'll talk to guys and they'll be like, yeah, like I love Blink-182, for example. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, like Blink-182, Blink-182. And I'll be like, oh, have you ever heard like The Descendants or something? And they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, man, like respect the roots and the history. Go back and you'll find some amazing stuff. Yeah, I always made a point like, well... You know, growing up, if I had, like, artists that was, like, really obsessed, you know, you had, like, your handful of, like, three or four bands or artists that you obsessed over, that you literally know every single one of their songs. You have, like, a mental ranking of their albums and shit. Like, yeah, like, everyone has their their two or three bands that they're like that for them. For me, one of those was Blink-182, but, like, for every single one of those bands, I also went back and said, okay, what they were influenced by, like, you want to know everything about them, right? And uh, that's kind of how the, the rabbit hole goes. And you end up finding all that kind of stuff. And and uh, it's fun. And that happened to me, too, when I was like, I, I'm a huge Weezer fan. And then going back to like the Weezer influences, because they also listen to a lot of like 80s rock metal for some reason. They were like huge Van, ha- Van Halen fans and stuff like that. So it's always fun to like go back and see what, what they were listening to when they were, when they were writing my favorite kind of music. Oh, for sure. Well, not to like, talk even myself personally, like, I would listen to, oh, I'm going to listen to this band. And then like, I would, oh, well that guy's wearing a, like if I'm like, like I'm a huge fan of Hatebreed. So I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. Jamie Josh is wearing a crowbar t-shirt. Who are those? Oh, check out crowbar. Yeah, exactly. And What's then, that? oh my God, this is amazing. Hey, this guy's talking about this band. Let's go listen to them. And that's, and then like, before you know it, I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, I've just discovered like 20 new bands that are all so good. Before you know, it's 4 a.m. You're on Wikipedia reading the trash metal yep. article. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm totally that guy. Like, I want to know everything about the band. I want to know who's in the band. I want to know, yeah. the, you know, the the lead singer's favorite like breakfast cereal. I'm just I'm obsessive with it. Did you know that in track three of their fourth album, it's actually a different bass player playing the third yeah. verse of the? It's like okay, whatever. Only the fourth and fifth note. Yeah, <laughs> they had to re-record that part seven times because the bass player was like high as fuck and he couldn't. Like those yeah. kind of stories that you get. Really- oh yeah, you. Useless music trivia. That's uh, just, you never, you never know. It will never uh, leave your brain. Uh, For sure. Yeah. I have like, the other day I was talking to my friends, like one of my favorite things to ask people. And I think like, I still haven't, like, it's an easy way to, to, to uh, never lose a bet. You can be like, I'll bet you, let's say $5, $10 that you can't name a member of Maroon 5. That's not Adam Levine. (laughs) No one can do it. No one can do it. No one to this day has been able to tell me without Googling it, the name of a band member of Maroon 5. James Valentine. That's not Adam Levine. You know one? Yeah. James Valentine, the guitar player. What? Okay. Hold on. I'm I'm a double check that shit. I'm a double check that shit. You, I, I'm pretty positive it's James Valentine. You can, you, I'll, I'll, you can go ahead and double check this. All right, Maroon. Because I might have just, I might have just stumped you. What? This is the first time I'm, live I'm, on air. He, here's the thing, bro. James Valentine. There we yeah. go. I am a massive Maroon Five fan. They were like, sick back I in the love day. Love Maroon Five. They, yeah, and like obviously not as much with the new stuff, but like yeah. their first like three or four albums. Yeah, masterpieces. So good. Because they were a jam band. Like they they were like I remember. I think it's um, Sunday morning that at the end of the song they just go into this huge like jam session that is fucking sick. And, uh, yeah, then eventually it turned into, like, you know, radio pop or whatever. But at the beginning, they were, like, a straight-up just jam band, just playing, like, poppy funk music. It was sick. Oh, for sure. I wish, I wish we would have taken that bet, because... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, now I know I'm to watch you... out. Now I know there's one of, yeah. you, one of you guys out uh, there. 
Yeah, I'm a I'm a metalhead who loves Maroon Five. I'm, don't, I'm, don't don't ask questions about that. I'm Maroon Head. <laughs> I'm Maroon Head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. Oh, for sure. But no, he's actually like a really good guitar player. Like he's like a, a studio and session guy as well. Yeah, I bet he works with like tons of other artists too, right? He's amazing. I guess let's say hypothetically here for a second that you have a business, you're in a band, you're a podcaster like me, you have a YouTube show, and you need some awesome new merch, business cards, logos, even maybe some t-shirts done up. Well, you need to look no further than my man, Mr. Jason Reese over at Jaybird Digital Arts. Jason is offering a special 10% off discount just for listeners of The Harder Show when you mention The Harder Show upon contacting him. But what exactly does he do? Well, Jason does t-shirts, posters, album designs. Tickets, photo manipulation, you guys still with me? Advertising, business stationery, mailers, brochures, fine art, <gasps> and anything else you can imagine, Jay Bridges Arts can create it. Jason has done all of the t shirts, logos, banners, and all social media stuff for both the Harder Show and for Harder Guitar Services, so I can promise that you will love and be inspired by what Jason comes up with. You can contact him on the web at www.jaybird, that's J-A-Y-B-I-R-D, digitalarts.com. Or you can search for him on Facebook and Instagram under the Jaybird Digital Arts handle. Search hashtag Jaybird Digital Arts for a look at all of his awesome and unique work. When did you first get into guitar? Because you mentioned that you were, a, you started off on drums. Yes, 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 you're correct. Um, so when I moved here, of course, like I wanted to start a band, but before that, I also wanted to like, uh, before even starting a band, I was already like writing music, but I was like, you know, if I want to start writing music, I need to pick up another instrument because you can't just like write music if it's just a drum kit. <laughs> and um, I mean, you can, but it's, you know. You yeah. can, but it's going to be kind of really out there, <laughs> really out there kind of music. <laughs> um, and uh, I wasn't going to go into rap yet, not yet. <laughs> and um, so I just, you know, I started picking up the guitar. I... Um, it was my birthday coming up, so I asked my parents to get me like this uh, this guitar that was on sale in Guitar Center or whatever. I still play with it to this day and record a lot of music with it still. And um, I just kind of self-taught myself. I've never been to guitar lessons or anything. It's just uh, looking up tabs, some YouTube videos here and there, and just kind of self-taught myself how to play guitar. Is that your uh, your Epiphone? Yeah, yeah, the yellow Epiphone that's now full of stickers. That's the one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that's like... Yeah, guys, don't ask how I know that, guys. I'm, uh, I told you I'm obsessive. I got to know everything. Yeah, and it's like, you know, 90% of, like, 80 to 90% of all the music with, like, Backthrow and Not Day Mob is recorded using that guitar. So it's uh, it's been, like, the, the, it just sounds great. It's, it was, like, a super cheap guitar, but the sound is, like, excellent. So I've never, you know, I have another second guitar that I have of a backup, but I've never felt... Compa- like I never felt like a need to replace it as my main guitar. Like it just, just still sounds great. So, you know. Oh, for sure. Is that all stock? Like, is that all the original pickups and everything? Or? Yeah. I didn't change a thing. So oh, that's cool. Cause it's, it is a really beefy sounding guitar. It is. It sounds like, like it sounds like, you know, like, like I, like I, punk. yeah, I love the sound of it. Cause it's so crunchy. Like it sounds like, like the the low ends, I think it's the low ends that I love so much in that guitar. They're so like, like you said, like beefy and crunchy and I, I like them. And, and the high ends, like the, the, I can just solo on that guitar if I want to too. So I, it's very um dynamic, I guess that's the word that I'm going to use. Oh, for sure. Well, sp- speaking of beefy in that, I want to ask you a question yes, sir. on something because there was a song on the Laugh It Off EP that I heard and I... I I don't want to get the name of it wrong. I have it in front of me, but I can't remember if it was 
if it was Fridays at home sick. Yeah, yeah, or that's the one. Five hundred days of bummer. That it, okay? Okay, I was right. It has that. Like I'm listening to it, and I'm like, oh, this is great, happy go lucky, and then like it cuts into this bridge. Oh, the breakdown. And it's the- like the heaviest thing I've ever heard in my life. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so beefy and chunky. And I asked you, I'm like, what are you guys doing there? And you started explaining this chord progression to me. Uh, yeah. Well, there, there's like two different, like there's a couple of different things that I like to do when like I play guitar. So for that specific breakdown, um, that song is actually in drop D. So we just tune down to drop D and like, it's a breakdown that it's just like, you just play on that D chord, of course, but like the way we play it, it, it adds that extra rhythm. I think like that adds, adds to the beefiness. It's weirdly enough, not a sound thing. It's like a rhythm thing. And with like the mid tempo kind of drum, it just sounds like you're walking in slow motion, right? Like it sounds mm-hmm. like you're like stumping the ground, right? Um, it's a yeah it's a very like metal style like breakdown i was just like whoa yeah and you, uh, yeah and you have those triplets at the end of every round that go and um it's just like a lot of riff in there um but we do you know i was and i'll tell you exactly where it comes from uh funny enough this is like the second podcast where i've i've, I've talked about this so i'm getting a lot of deja vu right now uh <laughs> So yeah, yeah I, I wasn't the first one to ask this question, unfortunately. Apparently, yeah. So it's a very unique sound. A lot of people <laughs> ask me like, oh, those chords in there's specific songs where you can tell that we're using those mm-hmm. chords. Um, oh, there is. That was the one that just popped in my head to ask. Exactly. That. Exactly. Like when you hear it, it's like, oh, shit, what is that? What's going on there? Um, so you happen like I was, you know, as I said before, you do all this research about a specific artists that you're into. And I was reading about how Weezer was recording the Blue Album because I always loved their guitar sound too. Like they are, they have like, in specifically in that album, like such a, like a chunky guitar sound to it. And turns out that they were playing their power chords in a different way that you would usually play power chords. Um, so they would add like an extra kind of like a extra root note. So I'll play, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, just just uh, an example here. So if you're playing say a C chord, right? A C power chord. Um, I'll just give you kind of like the tap notation. You will go like S three five five, right? Because yep. you would not play the first string and then three five five. That would, that's your C power chord. Instead, to make it beefier, uh, to make it like you could, you're still playing the C and the bass guitar is still playing the C, but you're adding more like oomph to it. They would actually play the first tr- the first string. They would play a three. And on the third string, they would play a two. So we come at three, three, two instead. And that's your C chord now. Oh, yeah. So they so they kind of bar it and then they add that extra. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. So it's kind of like you're playing a C chord, but also adding the G, the the, the G power chord to it. Uh, and so it becomes like a beefier version of the same chord. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like... Oh, oh sorry. Keep going. I was going to say, like, it's, it's such a small thing to, to do, but it... it, it it almost to me, it almost sounds like there's two guitars playing the same chord. Like it's just yeah, super exactly, and beefy. it sounds yeah, yeah, it sounds like there's two guitars playing like almost like the same chord or like two guitars playing like different chords that sound kind of the same, but they don't. So there's a little bit of like dissonance there that's kind of like almost like not awkward, but like it adds like a oomph, like oh, there's like you know, when that guitar like it's a little bit like a tiny bit like out of tune and it sounds like sick. It sounds like yes, dumb. yeah. 
it's not like super perfect. Um, so then you do, of course, it's almost the, like a Texas tuning or something. Exactly. So you do the, you know, the three, three, two, instead of the X three, five, five to play a C chord. And that way you're playing a C chord without going so like high up on your notes, on your string, on your guitar. And you're playing like the same chord, but like much chunkier without having to like tune down to like drop C or drop whatever, which might make it just sound like kind of garbagey. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of, we do that a lot. I've done that with back throw. I've done that with a dog named Bob. Uh, there's a song called in the first, a dog named Bob EP called Bumblebee, which mostly uses those chords. And that song sounds like a massive, like the guitar sound like, bah, 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 bah. and it's like, literally, it's like a balls. It's like in three, four, it's like a slow kind of power ballad almost, but the guitars are like so loud and chunky the whole time that it feels like that the song is just like dragging along. Like, it's just like. I don't know. I like it. I like those kind of. It chords. does have that vibe to it. I know what you mean. It's like there's a bit of a bounce, but it's still just. Dun, dun, dun. It's super beefy. Yeah, and it's literally like three. It's like C G D something like that. It's like the most simple chord progression. That's all you need. If there's more than three chords, you're trying too hard. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> have you always been someone who's always wanted to be a songwriter? Like even when you started off. Um, like you were saying, you started off playing drums. You always wanted to write songs and that. But even before, like you wanted to be in a band, but did you always want to write songs? Were you always writing lyrics and stuff like that beforehand? Yeah, even when I was uh, when I was a drummer of the band back home, I would I would split uh, some writing duties with the lead singer. So it was both of us like writing the lyrics and writing the music and coming up with like the song ideas and concepts. Uh, so ever since the beginning, I always was like, oh, you know, writing, like I always thought songwriting was fun and there was nothing more satisfying than having some weird idea on your head and then it turns into like a full song. And you're like, oh, that's sick. Oh, for sure. Um, when did you start as far as when the vocals came into play? Because you've got like, when I think of punk rock and I think of the Ramones and I think of like that old school punk to me, you have that really raw, like old school punk sounding voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I really don't have like a nice singing voice as, you know, for what the usual public would be into. Um, and I've never was like the singer in any of my bands, but like in Backthrow, for example, I would like uh, do like the backup vocals and the parts are like yelled out, like with a very like raspy kind of punk rock kind of voice, because I, I that's the music that, I, you know, that really inspired me inside of the genre. So when it comes to like a dog named Bob, I was just like, you know, like, it's just me. It's not like, I'm just going to sing the way I sing. And it's like very like yelled out, very raspy. Like, you know, I really just go like very like, rah, 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 right. And it's like, but it's not like aggressive. It's not like, it doesn't sound like I'm trying to be metal or something like that. It's more about, you know, just a lot of energy to it. And so, you know, when I'm recording for a dog named Bob, excuse me, when I'm recording vocals, it's just uh, a lot of yelling, <laughs> tons of yelling. Uh, so yeah, I, I, but it I grab, it grabs you. Yeah. It's like a very, well, that's, that's a thing in like your face. Like the first, Oh, exactly. Well, even the first time I heard a dog named Bob last punk girl, like I'm like, okay, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is good. And then you start to sing and I was like, Oh, I didn't expect like that rasp. It, it, it grabs you and pulls you yeah. in and you're like, Holy shit. Like this is, it's going down. And yeah, it's something that people are either going to love it or hate it. Yeah. Or hate it. It's kind of one of those things, but I love it. Like, I think it's awesome yeah, it's, what, what you're doing with the dog named Bob. It's funny because I've, uh, there's this website like for musicians where you can submit your songs for like blogs to review them and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, from two very different blogs, 
I get, you know, one guy saying me, I love it. I love the vocals. I love the song. And then another blog being like, we hate the vocals. Sorry, I'm going to pass on this. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's definitely not a choir taste. Um, and uh, yeah, because it's a singing style that's not, I guess, nowadays not too popular. And uh, I know I don't use any auto-tune or anything like that. And sometimes even the track might be a little bit off-tune, but I, I'm kind of like, I, t- I do four, four takes of a take and I keep the best one. I, it's very like off-the-cuff um, recording for this project. Um, but I still try my best. And, you know, it's a very weird voice because it doesn't sound how I talk either, right? So, um, so it's just, that's the way I do it. Well, that was it too. Like, I mean, obviously I, I had heard you talk before and then I was like, oh, like I wasn't sure what to expect. And it just, it just was like, um, not like a gut punch, but like, you're always just like, oh shit. Okay. Like, and then you listen to the other songs and you're like, wow, okay, cool. Like this is, this is awesome. Yeah. You're Maybe expecting because- some Latino flavor to come at you. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's like, why is this guy yelling at me? Why is this guy yelling so much? <laughs> you need a hug? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, but that's the uh, thing too. Like maybe it's because of my background and because I'm a metal guy and I was a, like, I was a huge Nirvana fan too. So like yeah. maybe that's why, you know, I'm so such a fan of the vocal style, but I love it. Like, I'm just like, man, like I tell everyone like, you guys got to check this out. Like like a dog named Bob. I'm like, listen, just, just is the guy's name Bob? No, just, just listen, just check it out. Just play along. <laughs> and yeah. And it's like, but it's, it's, so it's cool to kind of learn a little bit about the background behind um, a dog named Bob. But as far as the actual name, where did you come up with that? Um, so it's actually a, uh, a no effects reference. Um, I always thought it would be like a cool, you know, when you're like, I, at least I do this a lot. Like I have like a little notepad, like where I just write like cool name ideas, like cool band name ideas, you know, <laughs> like I just, I just of write course. it down like, oh, that would be a sick band name. I just write it down. And then I go back two weeks after it's like, well, that sucks. And, <laughs> and uh, a dog named Bob is a lyric from a no effects song called Linoleum. Uh, so he goes like, you know, like possessions never meant anything to me. I'm not crazy, but that's not true. I got a bed and a guitar and a dog named Bob who pisses on my floor. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a funny lyric. And I uh, kind of stuck around. Well, that's awesome. I didn't, yeah. uh, I, cause I was like, there's either gotta be a really good story behind it or it's a lyric. And I just wasn't familiar with the song. Yeah. Um, but that, that's cool. Uh, I'll have to, I'm going to go listen to that song. Yeah. And, like, ah. yeah, and I, <laughs> and I think it also like. It was a cool idea because it gave me like that theme of like a dog. And now like I use like pictures of dogs on my EPs and like it's like a full, it's like a theme now, right? So now the project has like a theme to it. The theme is like dogs, right? So I'm always saying like, you know, when I say like, I announce a show, a secret thing. It's like, oh, the cat, I mean, dog is out of the bag. (laughs) And it's always like it, it opens potential to like do stuff. And I always use the dog emoji when I'm like talking about the project and stuff like that so it gives us like a theme right and i get to take cute pictures of dogs and use them as covers so hell yeah it works well that's that marketing coming into play yeah i love dogs people love dogs (laughs) you know there you go oh for sure um how was overall the recording of that first ep like that that wasn't your first recording right you did some because you did some stuff with back though and then your other band right yeah yeah that was uh that was recorded in between um, the first and the second backthrow EP. Uh, so we had some downtime before finalizing the second backthrow EP. And so I just, I was just in my bedroom really recording the tracks and everything. And then um, there was this vocal session for the backthrow EP that we had to do to record some backthrow vocals. But then our lead singer, he was uh, sick. And so he couldn't record that day. 
but I was already at the at the place where we would go to record vocals that they had like these really nice like recording booths. It's like, well, I'm already here and I have a day, so I might as well just record something. And I recorded the vocals for for the dog named Bob songs, and because uh, I had the instrumentals on my laptop, and I was like, I might as well just do the vocals then if I can. And it was very like organic. It was just like whenever I had at some time, I would record some stuff, then I would do some other stuff. And it was like training for me to become a better producer and a better mixer. And um, and then I just put those out when they were ready. And then after that, Backthrow picked up back again, and it was about promoting the new Backthrow EP. But um, I, I at the beginning it was more like practice, a passion project, and it wasn't until like this recent like in the last six months since like last summer that i really started like pushing it and playing shows and now coming up with a new ep real soon and dropped that dropped some covers and you know just doing fun stuff oh for sure well and that's the thing too talking about some um, that ep and i do want to ask about the new ep in just a second but if you had to pick one song off of that first ep thank you for not listening what would you say is your favorite Oh, wow. That's like picking children, dude. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, I like them all for different reasons. Um, I guess, I mean, uh, it's no denying that most people love Last One Girl. It's a blast to play live. Like, you know, we play, I played it live uh, when, uh, at one Stranded Fest show and like people were singing in the audience. Some people knew it already. And I was like, all right, that one, that one sticks around. Um, I do like that one. I have a very soft spot for Bumblebee because uh, the solo, I think that's the best guitar solo I've ever written in my life. Um, so I like it a lot. It's like the first time that I felt like, because the solo is not hard. It's not technically hard, but it's like the first time that I felt that one of my solos was speaking, you know? You know when like, a, like I feel like I'm singing and speaking with my guitar on that solo. It doesn't oh, sure. feel like a guitar solo. Uh, so I have a soft spot for that one. Oh, for sure. And I mean, to me, that's what a guitar solo should be. Yeah. It's like, it's not about shredding. I mean, you can add some shredding for sure, but that's like the icing on the cake. You think of some of the best solos ever and it's not a, you know, they're not always total shred fests. It's, you know, one note. If you're a great lead guitarist can make one note. Do you can do with, uh, let me, I'm fucking up huge. What I'm trying to say here. (laughs) Excuse me. A great guitarist can do more with one note than a bad one can with a thousand. Exactly. Exactly. Think about like, for example, Setting So by Weezer. And, you know, that song is performed at every single karaoke bar on earth every night. And that guitar solo is so iconic. And it's like, what, 11 notes? (laughs) It's like, it's the most simple guitar solo ever, but it's so cathartic and awesome in the context of the song that that's what happened to me with Bumblebee. I was like, oh, this song's, this solo it's awesome. I love it. Um, and it's not hard at all. It's like, it's very simple. So I don't know. I, I, that, I have a soft spot for those. And also, I think the TTC song is hilarious too. So I guess um, I guess that's my, <laughs> my insight on for it. For different reasons. Yeah, oh, yeah uh, I got that. But as far as the new EP um, that's going to be coming out, when, when's it coming out? March uh, 12th? March 9th. March 9th. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So how has that recording process been with the new EP? Uh, so this new EP is called uh, Malicious Compliance. And uh, it just started more of, um, you know, it was, again, some downtime during the summer. And I was like kind of giving myself a challenge of being a little bit more spontaneous with my songwriting. 
since I always been the kind of guy that writes a song and then has like one first version, then second version, then third version. It's been like six months and the song has completely mutated into something different. And so, you know what? I'm going to do a thing where I sit down with my phone. Like I just turn on the recorder on my phone, uh, grab my acoustic guitar and a notebook. And I give myself like an hour or two. And I don't stand up until I'm happy with whatever I came up with. And that's how I wrote, like, out of the four songs in the EP, I think that's why I wrote, like, three of them. I just, like, or all of them probably, just, like, sitting down on my couch and strumming on my guitar until something came out. Like, I had ideas already of, like, okay, I want to sing about this. And then, okay, let's sit down and write a song about this. And then just organically go. And, like, I still have the files on my phone of, like, one hour trying to write a three-minute punk song. It was like that pushing like that to me. Like it was like I was pushing myself in that way for me. So like the whole songwriting process was like a week or two. And then I wrote the whole EP and then recorded the old instrumentals in a couple out a week or two as well. Um, then recorded all the vocals in one day at uh, John Ward's house. Shoutouts to John Ward. Shoutouts uh, to my boy. Right. Because he, he, he let me like stay at his place and just yell my guts out without annoying any neighbors. And bless his soul. Like he was just literally sitting on the couch in his living room on his phone while listening to me yell my guts out about stupid <laughs> shit on the microphone. Um, yeah, we were Snapchatting. Yeah, probably then. <laughs> he, he sent me a picture. I can't remember what he was. Like, we were talking about something else. And he sent me a picture of just of you randomly. And I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> what, what's he doing? And he's like, I can't tell you. Oh, <laughs> secret yeah, shit. I was like. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, like what's going on? And then I think I think he like sent me a snap of you in a microphone or something and I was like, cool. Yeah, yeah. And that was all one day of doing vocals and then it was just very fast, very like no no second guessing, no whatever. And then I mixed it, I mastered it all in like a week. And like the whole EP just took like a month, month and a half to make. Like it was very quick, very like bam, 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 boom, done. Um, like from like from like very from having like no songs to, for it to it being like mastered and mixed and done, it took like a month, month and a half. Uh, yeah, that's really quick. So that's kind of like the approach that I had for this one. It was like I'm gonna do it just organically, whatever comes out. Like first, like first thought, best thought, kind of thing, right? Like, oh, for sure, go with your gut. Yeah, going with my gut. So like, I just I just went with that, and like, uh, I. Um, yeah, I'm very proud of how it came out. I've never done something like with that kind of approach. And uh, uh, I like it a lot. It's very concise. It's much more concise than the first EP, I feel like. The first EP, it has three songs in it, but I feel like the three songs are very different from each other. They're like, they bear, they're three very different uh, punk songs in the first EP. Uh, while on this one, it has more of a sound. Like all the songs share like this element of like songwriting that you can tell that like, kind of like goes through the whole thing. Kind of have a bit of a theme as far as with your songwriting now. Yeah, exactly. I think like really only one of the songs in the EP wasn't written like that way. It wasn't written like in a, in one sitting. I think it's the opener that was written separately from that bunch of songs. Well, that's awesome. So I can say, guys, just to touch on it just for a second. Um, obviously, when the EP comes out, you can expect that I will be doing a review of it. Um, oh, nice. But I did, I did get a uh, the honored chance <laughs> a leak. Uh, to hear... <laughs> Yes, to uh, a bit of a leak to hear the songs and just to sum it up with basically one phrase is guys, it's like it's it's fucking awesome and it's it's pop punk with balls. That's that's what I kept saying to him when I was uh, kind of like this song. Here's what's great about this and it's hooky and there's beefiness, but then there's still like there's some songs that like there there's melody there and it's just I'm super stoked about it. 
But if you guys don't want to wait, if you want to check out a song right now, a new song from a dog named Bob, you can right now on Spotify. Um, where, where else can they find the new single? Uh, so new singles everywhere. Um, Apple Music, uh, iTunes, Amazon Music, uh, Spotify, Google Play, uh, right behind you right now uh, at the corner store and uh, in your wildest dreams and imaginations. It's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. And you did do a video for it, right? Yes. There's like a little kind of music video slash lyric video that I made uh, on a whim. Um, I just bought a bunch of like uh, construction paper from of different different colors on Dollar Dollarama and like a bunch of like white paper and recorded this video with my phone where I'm like drawing the lyrics on pieces of paper and then like it's it's pretty fun it was just like a long a fun little um, low budget kind of video but it turned out coming out really cool really fun and like uh, a lot of people have game uh, told me that they really enjoyed the music video for the song so uh, yeah check that out on my Facebook page facebook.com slash Bob. Uh, or on YouTube too. Just look up a dog named Mob staying home tonight, and yeah, it's a it's a really fun song. It's a it's definitely one of the funny ones. It's one of the funny songs. <laughs> it is literally a song about blowing off your friends and staying home. Yeah, <laughs> it's about being like, yeah, I'm not going to the bar. I'm staying in. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Bye. It's like people. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like people like looking for some deep meaning. Like, hmm, I wonder what he's trying to say with this. It's like, no, literally I'm saying that <laughs> I'm not coming out. Yeah. I'm, it, like, I'm literally telling you that I'm just staying home. I wrote it after a friend of mine was like, oh, let's go for beers tonight. Let's go for beers. And he was so excited about it. But like, it was like a Friday night and I was, I just had like a super long week at work. And I was like, dude, I love you, but I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't tonight. I'm dude. staying home tonight. I'm staying in. I, I just don't have the mental energy or physical energy to just leave the house. <laughs> so I just ordered a pizza and stayed in instead. Well, that's what you got to do, but we're actually going to play that song right now. I'm super pumped for you guys to hear it. This is Staying Home Tonight by Dog Named Bob. Crank it up and check it out. It's been a long week. Ain't feeling lonely. Be alone. When you hit my phone and ask to go for beers, I'll give you the bad news that I am staying here. Sleep at night, I'm taking their toll If I don't get some good sleep, I might just lose control
So there you have it, guys. That was "Staying Home Tonight" by Dog Named Bob. That's a that's just a fun as hell song. Yeah, it's uh, I I like it a lot. It's pretty simple. It starts with a like little acoustic thingy and then just goes uh, balls to the walls. And uh, I really like the bridge of it, like the like right in the middle when uh, the guitar goes like I don't know. It's it's a pretty fun song. There's like no crazy riffing or anything. It reminds me a lot of like Last Punk Girl, kind of, you know, off the wall, kind of catchy, jumpy, uh, fun song. Oh, for sure. It does. Like, I think I think I literally said that to you. Like, I was like, it kind of has that same hooky vibe as far as it, you know, it makes you want to sing it. Yeah. But there's still, it's still a unique, it's not like a, a cookie cutter song, but it's like, it definitely has that vibe to it, but there's still a, a lot of uniqueness to that specific song. Yeah. And it has that, you know, Really, uh, you know, beefy, loud rhythm guitar uh, with that kind of lead guitar there that kind of just drives it. But it's like it's all about those rhythm guitars. Uh, that's that's something that I really strive for to get. You know, I've been learning about mixing and mastering and making better sounding music. And for this project, I was really focused on getting a nice guitar and bass sound. Like I wanted the, the rhythm guitars and the bass to just sound sick. Like I wanted them to sound good. Um, and you know, you can always go back and fit stuff and be a perfectionist. And of course there's stuff that I'm like, okay, I could fix that, but I'm pretty, very, very happy with the results. I feel like it's some of the best from a production standpoint, some of the best sounding music I've made. Well, that's awesome, man. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what people think of the EP when it is released. Um, have you played any of these songs live yet? Uh, no, not not at all. Not a single one yet. It's uh, it's all still fresh. Um, I will be playing like uh, I am playing a show on March 23rd um, at the Cavern Bar, and it'll be pretty exciting. It's my first solo show too, because I usually would get like. Some of my friends to do my uh, be my backup band uh, for some do- old dog name both shows that I played, but this one's gonna be solo. I have a really exciting ideas for it. It's not gonna be acoustic, so I can tell you already. You can kind of tell how it's gonna be challenging and cool and oh, different because awesome. it's not gonna be an acoustic show, but it's only gonna be me. Uh, so that'll make it. I have really crazy weird ideas for it. So March twenty third at the Cavern Bar, come hang out and see. Probably some of one of the weirdest punk shows you've ever seen in your life because it's gonna get weird, that's for sure. Well, that's awesome. I I don't want to ask and ruin it how you're gonna do it, but uh, I'm I'm very curious to how you're gonna pull that off. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Uh, I'm definitely gonna be working on that for the next couple of weeks and like getting everything together. It's gonna be a lot of practicing to it. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something that I wanted to do because I have very different influences outside of just music that I kind of want to get into what I'm doing and, and see how it turns out. It's going to be a weird one, that's for sure. But hopefully, I think it's going to be super enjoyable and super unique and fun. Well, awesome. Um, Just as we get ready to wrap up here one more time, uh, where can everyone find you on social media and your music? All right, so my music is available everywhere. Just search for a dog named Bob and you'll find it. And um, as when it comes to social media, I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash dog named Bob on Instagram at instagram.com slash MRTMPRZ, basically Martin Perez without the bowels. And I'm on Twitter uh, with slash a dog named Bob. I am on LinkedIn. <laughs> I am on MySpace and I'm also on Christian Mingle. So oh, well, there you there. go. Yeah. 
You find him on Christian Mingle. So you're a good, good Christian boy. Yeah, and I'm on. Uh, what's the one uh, where they exchange bitcoins for drugs? Uh, Silk Road. Silk Road. I'm on Silk Road too. So, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and yeah, you, you can find me everywhere. Well, that's awesome. Um, what would you say has been the favorite show that you've ever played? Oh shit! Uh, I gotta give it to Stranded Fest, man. I'm biased. Uh, the very first Stranded Fest with Backthrow, that was a life changing show. Like uh, getting to play in Lee's Palace to a sold out venue with a lot of people singing along to the songs we're playing. It was just definitely one of those. I remember when I was playing, just looking at the crowd while playing and being like, in my mind, be like, Martin, remember this. Like, this, like, remember this. Like, you're alive right now. And this is why. Like, it was sick. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, what, um, just real quick, what exactly is Stranded Fest and how can people check it out? So if you, you haven't heard about Stranded Fest yet, uh, Stranded Fest is a yearly rock festival that features uh, a bunch of like Toronto GTA bands, local bands performing once in a lifetime cover sets of your favorite bands. And we also have theme nights throughout the year. So we do like, for example, in March, we have a ska night coming up with bands covering Less Than Jake, Sublime, The Specials, and whatnot. And it's going to be a good old fun time. Um, of course, we do our big show every summer. And we have some very, very special things planned out for this summer for this year. Nothing that I can announce at the moment. Uh, but we're going, we're going to, we're going, you know, we're diving right in and, uh, we'll do some shit that has, you know, will make last year feel small. So it's going to be awesome. Well, that's awesome. Well, last question I have for you here today, and I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. I was glad we were able to finally set this up. <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of, we've been on this forever and we finally kind of yeah. just settled on, okay, we're going to do it this day. Okay. This day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So last question I have for you, and it's the most serious question I'm probably going to ask you like ever. All right. I'm expecting Who, something really silly. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's, no, I'm very serious. Um, <laughs> who is your favorite person from Ajax, Ontario? <laughs> John Ward. Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's an easy one. I feel I, that's an easy one. That's an easy one. Uh, yeah, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> he's like, he's like, like, explicitly or implicitly or whatever like featured on all of your episodes of the podcast he, he is somehow i have to use my number one fan so i have to uh, <laughs> I, have, I have to have, i have to somehow um well, i think it was when um i interviewed Duckfeet. i real quick i just kind of quickly um sent him a message like hey what should i ask them do you have anything I, I i should ask them and he literally just sent me that question he was like ask them who their favorite person from ajax is and of course they said ed his That's right. and i was like yeah, yeah of course one day we <laughs> should do an episode you me and him where it's like we're not right. promoting anything it's just we're just talking about yeah. life and like kind of like a three-way so interview and just talk that'd be i'd love to pick your guys brain on music and that because like i'm so out of like kind of the music scene now i would love to just pick your games your guys brains about that so now that yeah. we've said it on the podcast we have to do it sometime <laughs> yeah before before the year is over absolutely definitely gets a little warmer yeah oh, please once you once you'll once you'll leave the house we'll figure it yeah. out yeah oh and by the way i wanted to say that i checked out your uh, video game podcast and uh you were talking about you had your episode on the best gamecube games ever and I just wanted to say that you 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 saved yourself. You did mention Smash Brothers Melee on that list because if you didn't, uh, we would have had some. You would have had some like you know very some angry phone calls from me being like, "What the fuck?" 
you can, I won't come on your podcast anymore. You cannot <laughs> talk about GameCube games and not talk about Melee. But you did, so you're, oh, you're good, you're good, you're cool. Of course. Uh, that's literally, it's literally in the GameCube right now. Like, that's all I play on GameCube, is now, it, pretty much. Yeah, is it, that's where me and my friend called our, our like, my ex roommate. We we had a, a GameCube in the living room. It was the Melee machine. <laughs> that's what we called it. <laughs> Is there any other games for GameCube? I don't even know any. No, no, melee. just Melee. That's the only one that you need to know. <laughs> just Melee. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you checking that out, man. Um, and for the by the way, guys, he's talking about two guys in a game. Just if you're not familiar with my other podcast, but that's that's a conversation for another time. I would love to have you on that sometime to talk Nintendo on that. I think oh, that'd be a lot of fun. You know, I'm a big Nintendo guy, and I just completely oh, yeah. like revamped my gaming setup so I can talk about that too. And uh, also make oh, sure if you're listening to this podcast, make sure to go to patreon.com slash the hotter show and subscribe to the $20 oh. <laughs> level. Yeah. Do that shit. Do that shit. Uh, you know, well, you like you. it. You know, you uh, want it. Uh, I appreciate, I appreciate that, man. But thank you so much, Martin, man. You, you're, uh, you've been someone who I've been very happy to uh, have been hooked up with and uh, hopefully we can keep kind of help each other out as much as we can. Hell yeah, man. We'll keep the, the good times rolling. Perfect. All right. Thanks a lot, Martin. All right. Peace. All right, gang. Hope you enjoyed my chat with Mr. Martin Perez from a dog named Bob back at the Rand Stranded Fest. Uh, kind of as I said in the intro, we didn't really cover a lot of um, a lot of things that he does because he is such a busy guy. I kind of wanted to focus more on a dog named Bob, which is kind of his more um, recent project as well as the Stranded Fest stuff. But uh, definitely go ahead and check out a dog named Bob on all the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as on Spotify and on Bandcamp. Give him some listens on Spotify. That always helps him out a lot. Um, of course, also check out Backthrow while you're there. They're an amazing band that um, eventually I'm going to have to have him back on with Zach and, and we'll kind of talk a little bit more maybe about Backthrow again. I did have these two guys on, um, Martin and Zach, on the podcast before we talked pretty much Strictly Stranded Fest. This was quite a while ago now when we kind of hooked up and started chatting. Um but uh, I think this was a great interview, and Martin is also a big gamer, so I would love to have him back on the show sometime to talk gaming, maybe talk uh, with on two guys in a game, who knows, see what happens. But definitely go ahead and support him, he's a great guy, and Stranded Fest is an awesome local festival, as well as they put out a bunch of other different shows that you guys should definitely check out. But with that, we are done here today. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show. Seriously appreciate it. All the support. You know I love you guys. If you would like to contact me for any reason at all, you have something you want to say, you have a show that you'd like to hear, if you want to be on the show, if you're a sponsor and want to sponsor me, if you want to complain and say, hey man, your show sucks, you can do so by emailing me at theharshow at gmail.com. Uh, furthermore, you could also contact Podbeard by going on the contact thing on our website. Again, that's podbeardnetwork.com. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I've got literally everything. It's all under the Harder Show, all one word. However you listen to this, be sure to subscribe, follow, like, rate, however you can do it. Definitely appreciate it. Really helps the show a lot. And you guys just listening helps the show a lot. We've had um, a nice increase in listens weekly again, which really makes me happy so thank you guys so very much for that but that's gonna do it from here today guys thank you very much once again for tuning in to the show don't forget to check out a dog named bob let him know what hotter sent you and i will catch you guys next time on the hotter show take it easy guys